Chikata Headley, he's the king of piggies. Oink, oink, he's our sponsor. We pull on his testicles. He supports the show. You are Lady Solaris. You are Lady Solaris. I am Lady Solaris. I am Lady Solaris. <laughs> Hello, Solaris. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Boogie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Let me push this. I got so excited to talk to you. I forgot. Oh, yeah. We have like, you know, we got to play the show jingle and stuff. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. You're not yaying and wooing. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. You are Lady Solaris. Where are you? Are you at home? Of course, I'm at home in my closet again. I like how I ask people now, are you at home? Like, yeah, I'm the only fucking idiot that lives in a car. So, yes, you're most likely at home. Unless, of course, you decided to go to... Wouldn't that be a cool switch, though? Like, one day, why don't I go to your house with Psycho Puppy and record? And then Caleb will come in and look me in the eye, and I'll be like, hi, sweetie. And he'll just, like, (laughs) slowly close the door. (laughs) Text you. Hun, uh, where are you? You're like, I don't know, in fucking Starbucks and some shitty Camry. <laughs> It'd be funny, but probably slightly awkward. I hear you're very excited about a class that you have coming up at a place that we won't mention, but it's at that place that we don't mention. Yes. On November 13th, I am going to do a Fireplay 101 class. So if you want more info on that, just go to ladysolaris.com. That is going to be fun. So now are you just teaching the basics of Fireplay? Are you going to do a workshop and light things on fire? So I do have a demo bottom. Um, It is the basics of the basics. So a lot of safety. Uh, I am going to teach people how to make their own um, fire batons, like disposable ones. Nice. Um, With uh, that party tissue paper that you get at the party stores, right? Just wrap that up, dip it in gasoline. And then yeah, uh, no. light it and no. just flick it at someone. That's 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 what no. you're gonna do. No, that's not what I'm gonna do. Okay, that, good. No, you need I'm to not... come to the class. You need to come <laughs> for the safety portion. I can't come to the class, Lady Solar. Oh, um, well, <laughs> I will record the safety portion of the class for you. <laughs> I have taught fireplay class, and it is wonderful when you scare. Like I don't know about you, but I brought pictures of burns, like burns, you know, first, second, and third degree burns, and I passed them out. And I said, instead of, and instead I of put them on the giant screen. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I just like passed out. I made a laminate because, you know, I was really into lamination oh, back then. Yes. And I said, if you can't look at this, then you shouldn't do fire play because this is a risk that, that you have. But uh, I'm sure you'll probably be a little it really made, like nobody played with fire that night at the club. It was great. Like I scared everyone <laughs> so bad in the class that uh, that nobody played with fire. 
I don't know if that was yeah. the goal, but you know, your class will probably be a little nicer. Yeah, not really ex- the exact goal, um, but <laughs> safety is definitely heavy. And for me, this is very, very, very basic. And I know sometimes people that want to learn more than the basics come to the basics class, but this is literally 101. Well, I mean, something like fire play, I mean, that is an extreme edge play. And of course, if you take all the precautions, the precrawdads, if you take all them precrawdads, clicky, clicky, claws, if you take all the precautions and you have your wet towel and, you know, a spotter if you need one, all of those, those things that you need, of course, you can absolutely minimize the the risk. And that is... And that's what makes it fun. But it is still an edge play. So you can't ignore all those little things because there's like a million things in that type of play that can go bad. Well, correct. And I think one of the top number one things is the person that is doing the fire play cannot be afraid of fire. <laughs> you know, you would think. Well, I, I, I say that based on experience of some people that have wanted to learn how to do fire play. And I'm like, OK, so, you know, you have to put the person out with your arm. Right. And they're like, no, like, yes, yes. that that tends to be a motion that you utilize a lot. And if you are not comfortable putting your arm on that fire to knock it out, this is not the right form of play for you. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Uh, I, I love how now we're like all like fire play training you know bros now because it's like when i did uh you know when i taught i made people play with fire like i literally put use you know i don't know what uh you use but i use the 70 uh, percent isopropyl alcohol yeah, me too okay good because that's 30 percent water and it you know and it blows out really easy but still i literally i had a big board and i had a little bit of in a aluminum foil thing lit it on fire and turned it upside down and said you have an emergency put it out and then they would find out real quick how their fear of fire uh, worked. But it was really cool. Good job, it Solaris. Is. Yeah, uh, it's it's a super fun one. I think it's one that's needed because it's not one that can be taught in like a Zoom class. It's one where you really need to be in person yeah. in order to kind of see and, and be able to talk to the educator and be able to like visually see what's going on in a very delicate way. I agree. So. That is that is definitely your first choice. Obviously, if you're in, you know, some rural area in Scotland or something with mountains and and some cows yeah, roaming would, around, you you may have to, you know, resort to other yeah, methods. Yeah, but what of I learning. would recommend and, and that's the thing is what I would recommend is if you do see classes like that online, see if you can contact the educator and ask more of your questions. Maybe see if the educator would be willing to give you 15 minutes, 20 minutes of their time on Zoom so that they can more easily demonstrate something to you. Because Absolutely. I know a lot of classes are now going hybrid and it's very hard to see somebody doing something that is very intricate from far away. And that's what I know a lot of hybrid classes are currently doing. I Obviously, our technology is getting better, but, you know, there there's constriction there for a lot of organizations right now. There is. Well, I'm damn glad you're out there teaching it because it is an important, uh, important thing to teach. And it is an amazing type of play that I wish uh, I wish I could be doing right now. But uh, I mean, I can, you know, light myself on fire in the car. I used to do that. That used to be how I would, that's how I learned fire plays. I was me too. When I was living well, in, not the, in my car, but well, I mean, I was at the time I've lived in my car many times in my life and I was in a van and, uh, and that when it was cold, I would fill a tray with the isopropyl alcohol and then light it to heat up. 
And so then, of course, you know, I was a drunk at the time, so I would just play in the fire and whatever. And then I would learn how to knock it out and how long the tempo was of the fire and when it would start to burn you and when you knocked it over onto your sandals and lit your sandals on fire. And I learned all these wonderful things uh, (laughs) by my time, by myself drunk in the car. And uh, so I did that for three years before I ever touched another person with it. So I felt pretty competent uh, by the time. That I got into it. But enough about the magic of fire play. Of you course, know what's yes. really important, Lady Solaris? What? Pokemon Go. Really? You're still into that? Yes, I'm still into that. I'm okay. Here's the thing. I'm not as into it now. I am now, and I've for four weeks, I keep forgetting to say this because I have a lot. Like nobody wants to admit it out loud, but I get so many emails from perverted podcast listeners that are like hey dude here's my friend code (laughs) can we be be buddies on pokemon go and i'm like yay so what i'm doing now because now that i'm doing the radio show and all this and working so hard on the podcast and trying to pull it together i really don't have time to play that game anymore because it really was there to like keep me sane when i didn't have anything to do and it did its job but i don't need 13 accounts so if you are a perverted podcast listener that secretly would not admit to playing Pokemon Go and you want a Count Boogie worked on Pokemon Go account, email me at pervertedpodcast@gmail.com and let me know that you want to adopt one of my accounts. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then it doesn't matter to you. But if you know what I'm talking about, you know... I'm giving away like four or five of these accounts that I've worked and uh, there's all sorts of hundos and shinies and, and things that are really valuable to people that play that game. And you can also know it's something that's personal to me. I spent a lot of hours on each of these, you know, wandering the earth, you know, getting this shit. So I think it'd be kind of fun if like I had some listeners adopt these accounts so then they could have a part of me that's with them or they'll just farm out all the fucking shit that they want out of it just don't tell me that pretend you're adopting it <laughs> some of these like one of them's like a level 38 with like like shiny groudons and all sorts of things so you know just uh there there's my plug pervertedpodcast@gmail.com does a pussy taste like eggplant so today we're going to talk a little bit about how to stop comparing yourself to others so you can find your kinky joy. Yay! <laughs> kinky. So wait, comparing yourself to others, what does that entail? Like, because I don't compare myself to, oh, yes, I do. I do that constantly, actually. I think we all constantly do it. And I want to sit here and kind of get, well, you and I, because you are going to contribute to the conversation. We're going to give the listeners some really good tools to try to help to spark their creativity, have compassion towards themselves, and to be able to live out their kinky joy to the fullest. And now then where this came from, this all started with a book, right? Or you're getting to that. Yeah. So the the last conversation that we had a couple episodes ago, I brought up the book of uh, Brene, or brought up the name Brene Brown and her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, which I believe was released in 2010. So it's been a really long time since I've known about it. And I kind of, uh, after, after the podcast, you and I sat and talked and I told you more about Brene Brown and a lot of the research that she's done because she's a psychologist and she researches shame and vulnerability. And, um, we thought that some of the topics actually might be good because there's 
a lot of people that sometimes have difficulty in kink. And we want to be able to get through that together. I think so. I watched I watched both of her TED Talk videos. So what's her name again? Brene Brown, right? Or Brene, whatever. Correct. Brene, right. Yeah, Brene, Brene, Brene Brown. That's a hyphen. Whatever. She's amazing. Texas woman, really funny and real articulate and breaks down uh, her information so well. It was so enjoyable. Go to TED, TED.com and look her up and watch. Uh, she has two videos on there. One's like 55 million views. The first one that she did where Which she I talked. Which I think is called The Power of Vulnerability. Yes, I think is The Power the of, of Vulnerability. And then, of course, the other one is, I think, Dealing with Shame. And so... Solaris and I talked about dealing with that in regards to some of the things in her book. And so you want to go, you go ahead with. Yeah. So the book is broken. Yeah. They're broken up into multiple sections. And some of the ones that we thought might be helpful at first are the first one, cultivating play and rest. So it's really the ability to let go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. Oh my God. And this one hits home with, I think everybody, and we all talk about it. Like it's underlying. You can feel it in the culture. It's bubbling up right now. Um, More people are opening up about this topic, but I still don't think that as individuals, we're doing very much about it. I totally agree. I mean, it took me a while to really, absorb that let go of a, a let go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth i think conceptually we need to understand that working ourselves to death is bad for us and can cause all sorts of autoimmune disease and early death and heart and you know just it, it, we know that working too hard and not taking that time to play and rest is bad for you. I think we get it conceptually, but we don't understand it on the level that we believe we deserve it. Does that make sense? Correct. And and that that's that's one of the core things of it is that and that's where that like you feel guilty that you you want to, you know, go to this BDSM kink event instead of, you know, going to see your family for the 20th time that year for some dinner that you're having. Right, right, right. And it's just, I mean, a lot of us, you know, when we talk about deserving it, see, that's where the shame part of this comes in. And I know we're talking mostly about kinky play and rest, but the shame for me is the thing that stops me when I talk about deserving it. It's obviously if you have self-worth issues and you've been programmed uh, that you have to work hard and get a home and and the right car and the right clothes and the, all these things. And that's what you've been programmed as your value. It's really hard to think about deserving rest or deserving play. I mean, it's not just like a like you need it, like a vitamin or getting your teeth cleaned, but that actually you deserve to have a moment of peaceful rest each and every day. And that that is, in a sense, more valuable than some of the bullshit that we've been programmed to keep striving for. Does that make sense? Totally. I mean, I'm I'm there too. There's especially as somebody with disability, um, 
because the American society in particular um, has put forth that you must be productive in order to be valuable in society, right. that you you must not you know have any sort of play in order to succeed in life that you can't like have fun and you know do things in your life but also be you know adv- be able to you know advance in your career or do whatever the heck that you want to do um having disability for me personally definitely puts me in um in that situation a lot because the the weight of society on me in order for me to prove my worth to society i feel like i have to be productive then that's when the guilt and the shame starts to come in because it feels like there's no room for anything else when in actuality we could change our thinking and like you said earlier believe that we deserve to have fun and to rest and and I love that you said that because I absolutely agree with that. And in all of the time I spent, like, I mean, we've had like three conversations and I was, how am I going to address this? And what I learned is before you can value your, I guess we'll call it like your rest time and play time, but in, in physiologically, it's called homeostasis. You have, you, we, we all know what it's like to live in fight or flight and it's just tension, grind, grind, kids, family, work, struggle, blah, 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 you know, you know, abuse, negative drama, gaslighting, bad relationships, all of these things that keep us in that fight or flight mode. If we don't have that moment of homeostasis where our body can actually physically recover, that's where all the bad shit happens. But you may have to mentally disengage all of that programming, which means you actually have to reconsider what you consider valuable in order to be able to believe you deserve to rest. You may have to go into what is value to me? Is it the house? Is it the job? Are my kids in a private school? All these things that we're told that make us better people in society like you talked about. Or is it something bigger? Is it happiness? Is it a a sense of well-being? Because let me tell you, I've been around a lot of millionaires. I've been around a lot of people with a lot of money. And I've known more people who have become happier seeking less than I have people that are working themselves to death for more. Because you have to at some point realize that once you attain some of those things that you think you're supposed to get because commercially you're told that, then you have to maintain it. You're not going to, people are like, oh, well, you know, they make those excuses. They're like, oh, well, I'll, uh, you know, I'll rest once I achieve this or once I finish school or once I get this house or I get married or have the kids and then the kids are, you know, go. no matter what you achieve, the more you achieve, the more you have to maintain it. If you get a car, you get a brand new car and it gets a ding in it. You got to go make 1500 bucks to pay the goddamn deductible, which means you got to go work more. If your house gets termites or has a roof or a heater blows up or any number of a million things that you have to do to maintain the thing, the external thing that you think is valuable is going to rip you away from any chance of letting go into those moments of restful peace. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And bringing that kind of back around, considering we're on the perverted podcast to the kink lifestyle, that's where I think you can begin to 
give yourself a little bit of time. I know that there's a lot of listeners that maybe don't have a community that's super close to them, but even giving yourself, you know, a couple minutes to find a Discord server where you can chat with other kinky people, um, to be able to connect to community, to be able to rest your brain, to not have to think about that grind, to be, to just be in the moment. I mean, that, that's one of the most glorious things about the play exchange between between people is the fact that you have to be in the moment in order for it to be successful, in my opinion. For me, at least, that internal monologue of I must do this, that, the other thing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I must be meditative and in the moment and I must enjoy what is happening now and just have fun. I like how you said, and and Dr. Brown said this in her thing, where she talked about the most important thing in the human experience isn't what you acquire, it's connection. And it's that connection, not just to yourself and the planet that you're a part of, but to other people, which, of course, for someone like me, who's in constant fight or flight, I don't trust anybody. I, you know, I built up all of these things because of all this guilt and shame and I don't deserve this and I'm not good enough for this. All of that stuff just robs me of that ability to have real connections with people. And so I have to devalue. I have to literally change my value. Oh, I got to make the show do this and I got to make the radio do this. And, and then I've done all these different things. But at some point, the times when I'm happiest is when I realize, you know, working hard is great. There's nothing wrong with working hard and having goals and moving towards those. But at some point, if that becomes your whole life and you're not building connections with people and you're not building that relationship with yourself, then you're literally just a zombie. And you're going to die miserable like I've seen a lot of people die unhappy. And I don't want to be that. So I have to figure out how to deprogram all this shit. Well, one thing that you can start with is you don't ever have to do the perverted podcast. You get to do the perverted podcast. You get to do these things that you're super passionate about. You get to um, reach people. You get to do that. And just a slight change in thinking might help with a tiny baby step there. It's something no, that simple. I I totally agree. In regards to the podcast, I'm closer than I think with anything because I really do get joy out of doing the podcast and and that because it it really is my study time. Like all of these hours, I was a little stressed about this one because it, it was coming from different places and I was helping people with other segments that we're going to do and I'm kind of stressed. But in general, that time when I'm looking over these topics and I'm, I'm getting into it, I know I'm learning. I know I'm learning and absorbing and then I get to kind of blurt it out. And so in a sense, I, I totally agree. But surely I have other areas that I need to significantly improve on. Because I mean, well, I'm... Don't we all? <laughs> Yes, but I'm talking about <laughs> me here because I deserve Correct. to to rest and play. And that moves us, I guess, into... Into you also deserve creativity. You So in terms of, of like cultivating creativity in our lives, particularly in like the BDSM space, I know personally, um, I compare myself to a lot of people. 
And I've done that for over a decade because I've been in the lifestyle for a very long time. And um, in the beginning, when I first came in as a female dominant, I did not come in as a slave, as a submissive, which was very unusual at the time that I came in to the lifestyle. Um, I was kind of told, well, you have to do this. You have to do that. You, you, you need to do it this way. You need to do it that way. You need to conform. You need to, 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 to do it the way that it has been done. And I tried for many, 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 many years to do it quote, the way it has been done. Well, I have fucking disabilities. <laughs> and trying to conform completely squashed my creativity. I stopped. I kept trying to do what other people were telling me that I should do. And I was trying to compete with all of these other dominants when I felt like I didn't have a full chest of tools Right. And it wasn't until I finally came to the realization that screw this conforming thing. I need to be able to figure out ways for me to practice BDSM in the ways that I want without the um, without the conformity that I have been told by all of these other people who have been in BDSM for much longer. Here, here. And you would think that it wouldn't be like that. But it really is because once it again, is. you bring it in with you. Like there was things I brought in with me um, and I got a lot of kickback when I came into the lifestyle because I'm like, oh, I want to beat people with teddy bears and, you know, make Bible paddles and and do stuff. And people like, you know, some most people were pretty supportive, but there were those people that are like, that's not the way it's done. But you also have to have a certain level of value that I don't, I mean, I'm kind of the, I hate to use the word nonconformist because that sure turned into a big fucking piece of shit phrase. But uh, I really have never been someone to conform, but it doesn't mean I still don't have pressures. It still doesn't mean that I feel don't fear doing something wrong. And that's part of the shame programming. Like, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to hurt somebody. I'm going to do something wrong. I don't have a lot of skills with this. So yeah, I can make a teddy bear flogger and do something fun and original. But uh, am I good enough to be a top? Am I good enough to take responsibility for uh, another human's whole body and mind in this play scene? And I really had to work on that value that I had for myself before I could then proceed. But once I did that and I said, I don't have to be the best dominant. I don't have to have the best flogger skills or uh, whip skills. I just shouldn't try to do what I am not capable of doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I'm going to stay in my court, but then I can then use my creativity to where maybe I, I've never been great at rope. I've never surely not suspension rope or any of the amazing things that people spend years to learn how to do. But I can do some basic cuffs. I can do a basic harness. I can definitely put someone's hands behind their back so I could bend them over and then do other things that I am capable of doing. And that's where the creativity starts to come in. Just like you with your disabilities, you're like, okay, I can do this physically. Now that I've given my per myself permission to be my own player, 
then all of a sudden creativity becomes a lot easier. And it's critically important in the lifestyle because we do have so many different people that, you know, want to do so many different things. And they there's some incredibly creative people who come up with some really cool shit. And I have seen really interesting scenes that have been thought about for months and months and planned out. And the creativity is flowing. But because we keep comparing ourselves against porn. We compare ourselves against people we see in a dungeon. We compare ourselves against people we see on Instagram, on Twitter, on Reddit, that it starts to kind of squash that creativity because we keep comparing ourselves. As as it said in Brene Brown's book, comparison is the thief of happiness. Absolutely. I'm going to tell a truth and one of the best scenes. Surely, obviously, it must be one of the best scenes because it's one of the most memorable. I think I shared this shared this on the show once before. Um, at that uh, dumpy piece of shit club that I used to go to, um, I used to teach orientation, and then I used to also sometimes teach orientation at one of the parties. And a situation just like we talked about coming, I would teach, you know, here's the basics, you know, and consent and don't touch and, you know, all the basic orientation stuff. But then we also taught a little bit about spanking, you know, just some of the basics, just, you know, get, get you started, get you warmed up. And these two women came up, two younger women, and they were like, we don't know what to do. We can't do, you know, even the simple stuff you showed. Um, we can't do it. And, and so they were, you know, they were kind of voicing that insecurity and that they couldn't live up to something, you know, that they had in their head that they thought they were supposed to do before they could play. And I'm like, look, you have teeth, you have fingernails, you have your hand here. Look, you know, we, we looked at just cup your hand like this, hit there, there, scratch the back here, and then just work with each other and want each other just have intention to enjoy each other that's the only skill you need to know is just have that intention can you do that and they looked at each other and they're like yeah and they went into a room and solaris they fucking had one of the the best happiest hottest intent with each other scenes that i've ever seen like I walked by like three or four times and I looked and they were into it. And I remember once the, the, the person who was on top looks at me and she like, like, huh, am I doing okay? And I'm like, thumbs up, you're fucking rocking. And they were so happy. They were so in the moment doing just what they could with each other. And it was so powerful because the joy that they were able, the connection, the human experience they were able to have without having any major, big, fancy pants, bullshit skills, they were still able to just be present with one another. And that is worth 700 fucking great whip play scenes with fancy pants, double handed back behind, whip a can in half and fucking, you know, tie your shoes while you spank someone. That shit's fun, but I think we just push ourselves so much that we forget that it's about the connection. 100%. I think what a lot of people, especially if you're going into a dungeon space for the first time, 
um, or starting to be around other people that kind of share your same kinks, you're just starting to get out into the community, you're starting to see people play. We all started in our freaking bedrooms, hitting two <laughs> pillows with a freaking clogger. I had a mus- I had a I had a weight bench, one of those like little oh, ones you yep. lay on with dumbbells, and I stood it up, and I do aftercare on it too. I practice hitting it in the right spot. I had a towel over it, and then I would rub it after I. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is people all forget that we all started there. You're just not seeing that because we've been doing it for like over a decade. Right, right. Absolutely. So but even still, we're, we're all there. And that's the thing is we're we all still feel that same way, I think, in some circumstances that well, that feeling of am I doing this right? Is it correct? Does the person like it? You know, and again, you're squashing your ability to to really enjoy, as you said, the interaction with the other person, that that is the basis of BDSM. It's it's not crazy to like BDSM activities. It's not it's not disgusting. It's not uh, religiously wrong because you just want to connect with another person. We just happen to be doing it in slightly different ways. A very sexy goddamn way. Very sexy, very creative. Very creative. I mean, ugh. very creative. Like, come on, you can have sex and you can have sex and you can have sex. Like, in penis and vagina sex is more what I'm talking about. Sure, sure. Um, with BDSM, there is like so many different things that we can do where if, because I know some people with BDSM do not involve sexual activity with their play, right. but if you are having a scene that is more sexually charged, um, you really have to kind of be creative and you can literally like have 500 different scenes with the same object. Sure. In different ways, as opposed to just, you know, penis and vagina missionary position. But once again, if you don't, if you are hearing that voice of shame, that voice of control, that voice of I'm not good enough, which once again, and I think uh, Dr. Brown said it in her video, the majority, 99% of those voices aren't actual humans. It's just you. It's literally you've seen things and then you've created, I sure that's what it is for me, that 99% of that guilt and shame voice is you collecting a bunch of things that you think you don't live up to. And you're telling that, but once you can start disengaging that voice, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like Mew is a perfect example. Mew is so excited this week. She finished another block of med school. She's over halfway through her second year. She has passed every class. And she waits for the week after she passes because then she gets a little free time. She still has to study. She's not doing 16 hours a day. But like literally just her 20 minutes of fucking playing Minecraft is the 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 like that is her moment that she's like, I earn this. I deserve this. She has so what she is such a wonderful example of being able to say, I deserve this moment. And even when she's doing all that study in 16 hours a day, she'll take, you know, once or twice a week, she'll go play Frisbee golf. And she could, of course, be studying and working harder to move ahead and, and go, 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 go. But she has a great self-awareness that she understands if I do that, I'll die. 
I deserve that moment. So whether you have kids and work and school or whatever, you have to find value in some moment, even if it's 10 minutes where you're like, I'm going to sit down and read my book, not somebody else's book, not a study book. This is my book for entertainment, or you're going to draw a picture or you're going to, you know, do or something. Or you're gonna, you're gonna do a skincare routine. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Oh, absolutely! Because you're touching yourself, you're taking care of yourself, you're doing something that makes you feel, uh, you know, better about yourself. There, it doesn't have to be a two week vacation. That'd be great if you could uh, get a two week vacation. But as long as you make sure that your rest is something that you do for any amount of time on a regular basis, it's going to make a huge difference in your life. Like fingering your pee hole. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, you should do it. Just, just finger. I, the other day, I'll be honest, I sat in storage and I put on my penis pump because I like the pressure. It doesn't make me, it's not, it's not almost not sexual, but it just, it it feels like a pressure and they just sit there and I just like it. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck you. That's what I'm going to, I shouldn't be saying that so loud in the library, but <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out in storage, with my penis pump on. And I'm like, Hey, squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, I like that pressure. I like that pressure. Ah, penis. Remember when I used to use you more often? Those were the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> But just do something for yourself. This is a great topic. I'm, I I hope we didn't butcher it too bad, but I'm sure we probably did. But it was still good. Okay, there. Yeah. See me judging myself. Yeah, exactly. Stop it. <laughs> Whatever. Now the people people, li- people will judge you for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the people listening are on. No, no, no. You should judge yourself. You 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 kind of do suck. Um, but that was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. So just take a little time, you guys, to take care of yourself, to rest, to allow a space for creativity and, you know, reach out to your local community because there's probably a ton of other people that feel exactly the same way that you do. I am hunger. I make smash. I make smash. I will eat your ghosts. <laughs> oh, hello, Lord Unger. It's very lovely that you could join us today. Oh, good evening, Count Boogie. <laughs> It is wonderful to hear you, of course. You are so prim and proper today. It's always, ah, the, always <laughs> good to hear you. <laughs> we are the two least proper people on the face of God's green goddamn earth, and that's even being atheists. Oh, dear Christ in heaven. Why, look at look at me. I'm all fucking jesus out today. I don't... Yeah, what's what's the deal? I don't know. I'm giving my you, soul you to Jesus. Refined, uh, you, you refined the Lord and Savior? That's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm reconverting. I'm deconverting and reconverting. Well, because I heard he gives good head, so, uh, you know, I'm kind of lonely. And you get weird when you're, when you're single and not uh, having play with anyone for a while so you know uh, you start considering freaky stuff that you're like wow i must be lonely i'm uh, familiar with this feeling <laughs> getting a blowjob from jesus i know i know hey, unger that, it is good it sounds like a website you can start and possibly make money off of you know <laughs> probably probably might get a little bit of pushback though i'm just thinking maybe do i need any but, more but fights that's- 
but that's that's free advertising. Yeah, but do I really need any more fights and drama in my life? Been trying to, trying so to just ba- keep it to one at a time. I think I just think that's one. What you need to do just one fight at a time. Yeah, God, so get through the current one and then move on to uh, move this one at a later time. That sounds like good advice, Unger. You just finished your event. That was Saturday, right? It was Saturday. We had our second event as a group because we didn't like the other groups and took your advice. So how was the event? Tell me about the event. So we, instead of doing a munch where you go to a restaurant and sit down and chat, we did what we called a gathering because we couldn't think of a better thing. And we went to the farmer's market as a group um, and wandered around and people broke off into new and groups with new friends and met back together with other groups with new friends and lots of new friends were made um due to the surroundings we didn't talk a lot about kink which right. is fine but we were like hey we're all kinky folk now we've met we can go from here on our own to buying vegetables something yes to brine <laughs> vegetables and find a place that's a little more suitable to be kinky together, but also, hey, you've never even been to an event before. We, we had one person, never been to an event, didn't even want to send a message to the group and didn't even want to acknowledge that they are RSVPing to the to the event. Sure. Um, and it was like, great, show up. And they walked up and said, hey, balloons, you must be them. And we're like, we're them. And m- went on throughout the day and had a fantastic time with them. That is great. So yeah, it was it was great. We spent a good what three hours um, wandering the farmers market, getting food, getting pumpkins for Halloween. Were there any um, Chinese eggplants? You know what? Unfortunately, the overall selection this particular week was rather small. Mm. Um, the pumpkins took up a large portion of the produce. Um, Bastards. Which is to be considered this time of year. Uh, there were a lot of also zucchini and summer squash. Available. Now you're starting to talk. Now you're starting insertables. But I didn't see much else beyond that. <sighs> well, goddamn it. I did, if you're into chemical play as I am, find a fantastic hot sauce. Oh, do tell. Um, you mean chemical self-play. Well, no, I mean, I've done chemical play on others as well. Have you put hot sauce on a vagina or penis? Not not, not there, but other parts. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that sounds dangerous. I know people that have done that. I surely oh, know oh, people oh. that have done... We know. We both know the people that have... Uh, they, they have put habanero peppers up their bottoms, but... I have done something very close. Um, Pepper in the pee hole? Aki still gets on me and brings it up on occasion. Um, I ate Carolina Reaper peanuts. Oh, oh no! I see where this is going. Shortly before doing certain things to her. Oh, (laughs) I know. I think we talked about this. I think so. I think we brought it up. It doesn't uh, matter. It's still a fresh, (laughs) amazing wound. Not as much yes. as for Aki. Uh. Yeah. So. So yeah. So this is. I've been. I've been. The request has been made that I don't do that after eating this new hot sauce that I found. I, that, and what's um, the name of the hot sauce? It's not the bomb, um, is it? No. 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 It's. It's. It's a local. 
Um, and I'd love to give them some advertising, and I don't have it in front of me. It's like uh, Clowns on Fire, even even better. It's, I like the name. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Clowns on Fire hot sauce, and uh, they're local out of Dallas. Um, very friendly. I'm not sure if they're a couple or not, guys, but but they were fantastic and let you t- taste everything. Um, but what I got was the Ice Cream Fire, I believe it was called. Double checking right now. Nice. It's not even on their website. Ice Cream Clown. That's what it was. That sounds delicious. But now we're going to move into another type of masochism and sadism. Yeah. And that would be... And it's so funny because I've literally... You know, since Kathy's handling all her stuff and might not be back for a little while, I have to, you know, I'm talking to all these different people to come on the show and do things. And like Mm -hmm. everyone's like, well, I can talk about Primal. Well, I can talk about Primal. Well, I can talk about Primal. And I'm like, you know, Primal's pretty popular. And Unger and I are going to have a little chat about that today. So uh, popular topic among the kids. And of course, there's, you know, a lot of different types of Primal. And we were going to kind of touch on some of those. Yeah, I, th- I think we picked three that we're going to tackle today. Of course, whatever type of primal you do, we'd love to hear about it. Pervertedpodcast at gmail.com so we can have more discussions about more types of primal. Primal play basically is unleashing that visceral animal. Now, of course, because it's consensual uh, between two people, there are some certain limits. But the whole idea is letting go of that animal part of you, whether you're the the predator or the prey. And it's the different types of in, interaction that you can have with your partner in a visceral, animal, primal sense. And some people can go very animalistic and hypnotic with it. And some people, it's just like a lot of gur, that, that real intense gur. So, yeah. so three of the types of play that we're going to cover today is um, the first I like to call voluntary human sacrifice which is the biting scratching devouring of a willing bottom this is where the person lets you basically take them and and devour them and be rough with them and and throw them around and bite and scratch uh the next one and that's mostly what i've done now we're going to get into Ungerland, which is wrestling for dominance Mm-hmm. And kind of like, is that the, like the Red Sonja thing? Like, if you can beat me, you can eat me kind of thing? Kind of. Kind of. Much. Pretty some. much exactly. <laughs> and, and then uh, and then Hunter Prey, yeah. which I've done aspects of mentally, but those are things uh, that I think you're a lot more into yeah. uh, than, than I. So let's, why don't we go ahead and just go backwards and start, okay. because I'm curious about your concepts about what, what is Hunter Prey primal play? So, so this, this, I mean, it's, so with Primal Play, it's just kind of a large pot that everyone just throws a lot of different things into, um, it just in general. And I'll go to Primal Play classes and everyone talks about something completely different and has nothing to do with any of the others. So it's kind of interesting. It's just kind of a term that's kind of thrown around a lot. Um, Hunter Prey. You've actually, there's two ways of doing this. Uh, whether you have both people primal or only one primal, especially if they're a primal, uh, uh, primal prey. Uh, and you've done that one, I know, where you've gone nerf hunting. Right. So that's actually where you let something free 
and then you go hunt it down. That's and go what hunt you're it down. About. So that's oh, one okay. way. Uh, I've also done uh, funny being head DM. I got in trouble as a DM for doing this, but I'm sitting there and they knew I. It was a thing where, yeah, we had already negotiated what is okay, what isn't for the night and kind of things. And I just look at her at one point and go, run. And (laughs) (laughs) when the ogre tells you to run, that is good advice. And she just looking at the look in my eye, uh, my expression and things like that. It wasn't even like, ha ha, I'm going to, it was, it was fear in her eyes. I'm out of here. He's going to eat me. Um, and then I chased her down to the dungeon. Um, yeah. So it's, this one's a great one to do, especially if you're doing like kinky camping and far away from stuff where you can't actually chase someone down. Right. Um, this is kind of like what you, I don't know if you heard the uh, segment that Path Girl talked about when they did the slave hunt and it was basically letting them go and then people hunted them down. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to yet. Unfortunately, I, I saw it and I was like, "Oh, I wanted to listen to that." Before yeah, yeah, no, that was that's been... definitely a lot. Now, then, obviously, what type of negotiation do you need to have with somebody when you're going to do this type of prey? Because obviously, at some point, I'm assuming there is a hope that there is a catch from both sides. I mean, maybe yeah, there's some that want to escape, you know, but in, in, inevitably, the prey does kind of want to be caught at some point. Yeah. No, they do, and and there's there's got to be safe words. When you're negotiating this, you kind of more negotiate. Okay, this realm of things is okay. This realm of things isn't. You know, don't bite me here. Don't eat Carolina Reaper peanuts right before. Don't you know punch me? You can slap, but don't punch. But you also have to realize, depending on the amount of self for lack of a better term, that you're giving up in the primal scene, you don't always think about these things, and you can get caught up in it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we did. We went, like, the week before, I think, we went to the local dungeon, and we did a primal scene. Um, and I can't really drop in that frame because it was really crowded, and I couldn't... I had to make sure everything was okay, so... In that sense, I'm, I've got to be aware of everything around me and not focused on the prey. So there, I'm not fully dropping. I'm barely dropping. Right. Um, that wasn't really hunter prey, but that that same type of thing can happen. Sometimes you have to be more the hunter that you've done, where you're controlling the scene more and letting the other person go, letting the prey go. It's very. It's not. It might be feasible, but I don't see how it would feasible for the hunter to. Drop fully, but the prey not. Now, when we talk about drop, I've just, this is now two people in a row. We just had Sunny on. And of course, <laughs> when she's talking about, you kids are using, flinging a new term on Daddy it's Boogie not here. New. It's what? Not it's new. new to me. I've been doing, I've done 335 shows. I've never heard anyone use that term as much I'm, as now is happening. And it's the term dropping is, is the new term that the kids are using for getting into it. Is that what I'm assuming? Or getting into the headspace or. It's Getting into be- that space. Becoming enraptured or entranced yeah. in yeah. in the scene. So when you drop yeah. it, that means you're going into it. 
and and I think I've used it before, but it's always when like we were in the love lab and I was there and it was just normal conversation. So it wasn't really the focus. I wasn't the focus of it. So I've probably used it there. So, but it wasn't, you weren't focused on it. Because what's the confusion now with you kids and your goddamn changing terms is the fact that drop used to be considered top drop or sub drop. And so when somebody, and when somebody dropped, it was necessary. It was, it was Uh, more in inclination of a you're, negative experience that you're you focusing to, on the word and not the phrase whatever it's, you just said drop it's Uncle. drop into okay it's drop into so you drop into it you don't drop from it you drop into it okay. and then afterwards you have the drop okay or you could just drop say into get into the headspace yeah or you just go wild i don't know but drop what, whatever drop i just it. wanted to know because i'm like yeah. wait a minute this was just literally last week yeah. that i'm hearing this term and now i'm i'm getting confused so i'm assuming maybe some of our listeners yeah. are getting confused too. understandable so now you cool kids call it dropping in kind of like when you're when you're scratching for a wave and you drop in is that yeah. the thing you guys are trying yeah. to be all like cool surfers now no trying no, to get with the the kids vernacular the old man here it, it, no it's not well i guess kind of like that it's it's that's just what we call it that's what okay. i've called it since the freaking 90s okay. i don't know <laughs> i'm just fucking when primal was barely a term because there was so much of the the whatchamacallit the hoity-toity stuff sorry and i don't i mean no respect on this by the way but the um I'm just dropping. Can't think because I'm dumb. Uh, you mean like the old guard and leather and original BDSM and exactly yeah, the, okay. the 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 ritual and the very pomp and circumstance type thing. And again, don't I'm not trying to put anything down. You are you're hating on I'm leather people. You are dumb. hating no, all hating master slave all. relationships. No, God, Unger, we really try not to be more tolerant all. on this show. <laughs> I just I'm just dumb and can't think of a word. I'm just starting trouble. Protocol. So, Protocol. Protocol, that's the I, word. Yeah, there's just... The, you, you, you don't have the protocol. Okay. so and, and But protocol was a big thing then. Not many people did primal as much so, at least in the LA area, at people going to threshold events. But now it's becoming more popular. Absolutely. So now we're going to let's go into uh, another type of prey. So we've mm-hmm. we've kind of handled hunter prey, which makes a lot yep. of sense and it's a lot of fun. And once it again, is. it doesn't even have to be like when you catch them, you rip them apart and drag no. them by a foot through the whatever. It can be kind of a tag yeah. thing. And then maybe ah, I caught you. So now you have to submit. I'm going to tie you up to this cross yeah. and then spanky, spanky, whatever, whatever, it whatever. It could even be chase down pin. OK, let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah, like that's what, yeah, sure. That's what Aki and I did last time. She had to bite me. As prey to get out, she had to bite me. Um, which was rough for her. Which, yeah, she she likes biting. And, and I, I pinned her. Um, or or I made her tap out, uh, which is always fun because she hates tapping out. She'll tell you she doesn't tap out. Um, and she's flipping me off. But I made her tap out. <laughs> um, and then we stop, we break, we reset, and go again. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good, very good. So let's get into the next, uh, which is another thing that you do probably more than me. I have so many injuries. Yeah. Um, wrestling for dominance. So this is actually, speaking of Aki, our DS. Um, the only way I remain the 
dominant in the relationship is by keeping that. Uh, if she can ever pin me, then she will have it until I take it back from her. Right. Uh, and so sometimes she will just get in a mood and attack me out of nowhere. <laughs> just like a cat springing yes. from behind a couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a cat attacking a bear. And just like that, we just like when you picture that, the bear usually puts her down on right. the ground with one hand and stares at her and goes, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's, it is, but it's, it's also just knowing that she will at any time try to bite. She right. will at any time try to come up and push me over, try to pin me when I'm half asleep and not paying attention. Um, and then she discovered I'm less likely to be in control when I'm half asleep or she bites me when I'm asleep. Um, and she gets thrown across a room. Um, and I feel bad about that, but not fully. Because that's, well, but that's part of, this is our understood dynamic. Right. This it's is not, your... it's not even just a scene. It's is our dynamic. Right. Um, more long term. So in that, I, I worry about her for a moment. I make sure she's okay. And then I go, what are you thinking? This is what you're trying to do. This is the reaction you got. Deal. <laughs> And then, you know, once she's okay. Um, the only time we've ended up at the hospital was not doing that, actually. Um, other than she jumped on my back. I, you know. And yeah. how did that, How who went to, the, which one of you were in the ER for that one? She went to the hospital because she jumped on my back and then she's like, I want to piggyback ride. So that it's a different thing. And then for some reason she let go. She like and head injury later. Yeah, yeah. Stitches. No stitches. No just stitches. Concussion. Oh Jesus Christ! Possible. Well, possible concussion. We went to the ER the next day, but she was out, and I was kind of freaking for a minute because it was she's out. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Don't be dead. Oh wow! <laughs> and once once I was sure of that, then it's okay. I've no. got control again. I'm good. Right. Let's get you okay. And then the next day, it's like, we're going to the ER. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and once again, this when you get into the safety aspects of yeah. that type of play, it's just like any wrestling. It's like any tackle sport. It's like any yeah. contact sport. The risks are, and this is one of the reasons I don't do a lot of heavy wrestling, is because you have to have to be safe a, a lot of control now you get a lot of control because you're just literally 150 pounds heavier than most of your victims yeah. so and you know how to tackle and you know how to wrestle and you have experience in these things so you know how to fairly quickly take control of a situation yeah. but if you don't and it becomes kind of more uh competitive then that's where accidents can happen because especially when you start getting in that heat of the moment and you're, mm -hmm. you know, tickle fighting or whatever your dynamic is, um, that's where wrists can get sprained, heads can bump on chairs. You really have to, and I've seen this in the dungeon before. Yeah. And I saw this, I forget, it was maybe Abyss and Mew. And they're like, we want to wrestle. We want to wrestle. Yeah. And they were going to go out. And Abyss is like, okay, motherfucker. And, and Mew's like, okay, motherfucker. And my job was to be the goalie. And they we set up the mats. And they went at it. But when they start getting into it, and they're like, ah, you know, they drop in. And now they're in the space. And 
like literally you just see a head flying towards the end of a table and my job was to just like jump in the way and push the head away from smacking the table so there's a lot of things about clearing your space yeah if and one of the things i highly suggest when you're doing this type of play especially if you're inexperienced is have a spotter yeah, absolutely. Like I just said, yeah, I yeah, was the spotter like, like of you were doing. I've done that for people before, where you can. There's a lot of pluses to that too, because you can then say, okay, you guys do whatever you need. Especially like having me as a spotter, um, I worried about one particular scene that was discussed because together somebody they might be able to take me, but still one on one. I can pretty much stop most of the fights if they get too too into it. Right. Um, but that, again, takes a lot of negotiation of where is the too into it point. Right. It's like, okay, you're biting, you're scratching, you're choking. Is this loud? Yeah, okay. Where Do, do I let you put them to sleep if they get a good sleeper on you? Right, right. <laughs> And depending on where you are, that's you know that's not going to happen at, at all yeah. places. And then it becomes the risk. And as the spotter, you have to say these are what your limits are. If exactly. you're going to have a spotter, you have to inform them how far this can go. Yeah. And then, like, if I was the spotter, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to be involved in in a, in a chokeout. Yeah, that's go go to a martial arts studio, go be with someone yeah. else. And then if if somebody all of a sudden goes belly up, you know. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to be indicted on. Yeah, I don't want to be indicted on that. You know, if someone if someone breaks a wrist or something like that while they're wrestling, uh, the ER deals with that on a daily basis. Right. Kids wrestle all the time, football injuries, you know, sports injuries, you know, that stuff happens all the time. People bang into each other. But uh, there's certain things I wouldn't do. I want to point out real quick before we go to the next one and then I have a question for you. Um okay. wrestling for dominance can also be mental. Um, and I do a oh. lot of and that, and that's bratting. And that's where you start getting into bratting, where there's a lot of challenges, a lot of mental challenges, and that there's a lot of pushback on that. So that is definitely a type of wrestling that's not as necessarily physical, but even sometimes that can become physical yeah. where it becomes bitey, scratchy. And, I mean, even less physical debate is is a mental wrestle for dominance. Right. And, and you can talk somebody into it as well. Um, you're kind of dropping out of the primal headspace at that point because you're not losing your sense of self, you know, becoming the animal, whatever the case may be. Right, right. Uh, but it is very similar. But one thing I wanted to also point out, and this is another reason why I don't wrestle, and I'm just going to be very, very honest, and this is going to be very vulnerable for me. Uh-huh. I don't have a lot of control over my emotions right now right and i have a lot of psychological issues and a lot of paranoia and a lot of power struggles within myself so getting into a situation to where i may be physically wrestling with somebody and you get competitive um i have a great fear that i'm gonna just you know go for break a rib or you know do something just you know, instinctive, someone pokes me in the eye or something and it hurts and then I react or, you know, so I don't have, you really need to have, if you're going to have this type of, of play, you really need to have some psychological control over yourself. You do. 
otherwise you're gonna you're you know people get angry in in those types of scenes because you know it's competitive but even though you can still you can still do something and then all of a sudden you kick or twitch or you know do something meaner and someone can get hurt yeah and and this is this is goes to to a lot of other things we talk about in 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 kink you have to have you have to be mentally aware when you go into a scene you have to to know i mean there have been plenty of times where scenes have been planned, you know, materials are put together, everything's been readied, and the last minute somebody goes, nope, you're not going to do that. Yeah, You have to be able to do that. Uh, just like any edge plate, this is another case where you have to do that. You have to be honest with yourself. And you have to say, I can't do that today after all. I've had a bad day at work. I've, I'm mentally too gone to let myself drop safely. Um I'm angry at something completely unrelated to this. Sure. But I can't drop into something where that anger may come out because I'm in the situation and you're giving me this opportunity to do this. Can't right. that happen. I've done that. I've absolutely done that because, um, you know, I'm a big rager yeah. inside and I hate humans for the most yeah. part. You're okay, yeah. though. I like you. Um, I'm not human. I'm an ogre. That's true. That probably is the the correct reason. But there, yeah, there's been times where I've surely been like, I've had a rough day. I've been, you know, people have been assholes, and mm. and then I'm like, I'm not going to do this hardcore edge play scene with you, yeah. where things are going to get rough, and we'll just have to reschedule that. And if you want to do something a little nicer, where I remember <laughs> that I like people too, uh, then that's fine. But here's a question I have for you, Unger. Uh-huh. And I don't, I'm sure you've probably at some point considered this. Have you ever, because you're, you're like, what, six, four? Yeah, six, four, six, five. You're six, four, six, five around there. And, uh, and, and you're definitely, your, your football status. You are a former football player. I play football. I was a shot putter, a hammer thrower, a discus thrower. You're you're not. I've power lifted. You're not a tiny guy. I'm not a tiny guy. So that gives you a big advantage in any wrestling situation. But you are also a switch, right? Um, I both top and bottom and okay. on a rare occasion to the same person. Okay. Have you ever considered, because of your size, one average person is not going to take you down? Have you ever mm-hmm. done – have you ever planned or – done a scene where there are multiple tops multiple tops or yeah, multiple, multiple other people well, or whatever the idea is to take down the ogre and, and so, you, if you need five people to do that then that you're going to find five people strong enough to do that so there was talk at one point uh and it's still kind of on the table if we can get everyone together of i mean so aki is not a small person either she's very strong she has a lot um, of strength yeah, absolutely and there's another person that i really like and has who is also primal player um who has the okay to come up and hug or possibly bite me as long as i see her coming um, and she knows the consequences there. We haven't fully played like a full planned out scene before, but we've talked about it numerous times. Right. Uh, she's also very strong. Um, like she lifts. Okay. Um, and the two of them might have a chance. Right. Um, and we've we've talked about that. It hasn't happened, but yeah, it's definitely been talked about. It's gonna be three. 
you, when you get pumped up, you're going to all. I mean, you were a defensive player in in football, weren't off, you? Well, most. Well, I played goal did, line D and offensive line. Okay, so you're so, used to having big people push against you. Yes. Yeah. And, and stopping them. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. You know, get a group of people. You know, get a group, and then I don't know. I wonder what that would be like for you to all of a sudden be like, wait a minute, I'm actually losing. <laughs> If I get competitive, it will get bad. And that's, that's see, that's why I'm saying five, Unger. I know when you get competitive, you're going to be like, must lift whole pile. Rawr. And you just, I just see two. Like I wouldn't go at you with two people. I'd be like, no, we're going to need, we're going to need a bigger boat here, kids. So, so there was a, a funny event at a birthday party at a pool where. Um, Abyss and one of her partners and a number of people tried to throw me in the pool. Um, <laughs> Abyss, of course, just backed off and said, "Y'all are nuts." Uh, Sanger was one of the people who was trying as well. That's a nice try. Yeah, Sanger, Sanger, weighing like what, like a hundred and ten. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so a bunch of people were trying, but that never happened. I just stood there. I didn't even take my phone out of my pocket at that one. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see what the headspace is if there's actually a group of people and you guys all negotiated it. And you were in the headspace where, okay, well, if you beat me, you can do stuff to me or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that would be well. Uh, I mean, just beating me, you'd have bragging rights of of taking me down, taking down the ogre. Yeah, Jesus Which, Christ. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been discussed. It's been discussed on a couple of occasions. Uh, it's been discussed with uh, who could be a spotter in that situation, right? Um, like I've special got, forces. I, thinking the Navy SEALs, maybe maybe some well, Marines. That's <laughs> the stack of them. Yeah, there's a couple of people that I know that are in that type of that are or were in that type of line of work who I would trust enough to do it. Um. Yeah, because even like, yeah. So, so it, it'd be it would be fun. It has it is something that's been considered, but it just hasn't been put together with the proper space. Because uh, that's something I'd want to do, you know, when we were camping or something like that. Right. Um. And yeah, it just hasn't happened. Well, if it ever does, um, we at Perverted Podcast would be dying to hear that story. Well, of course. That would be incredible. And we are kind of, I mean, we were going to get on to some more types of primal play, but uh, we're going to, let's just call it here, and then we'll come back to it uh, in the stuff. Because most people, I think, understand the biting, scratching, willing victim type of play, because that's almost more of a play scene. That's that most people will do, but it's just, you know, that visceral, you know, it's a little more advanced when you actually eat the skin of the other person. We'll see. Now you're getting to that next level. That next. That's That's the next. That's the ogre level. (laughs) Well, we'll have to come back and talk more about your cannibalism. That that sounds good. Unger, it's always a thrill talking to you and a lot of fun. And congratulations on a really positive event. And it it sounds like your group is is taking those good steps and and working forward to build your own little group and uh, we are trying and uh, a- quick quick note on that if i may sure we have our next class planned uh we are doing a pervertibles class because we always like we're, we're you know where i the idea is new people coming into the scene or people who've been around forever kind of relearning some basics or how basics are currently taught um we're designed for for 
very basic classes. Uh, so we're doing a pervertibles class because that's a great way to start off because you're not investing in anything other than wood spoon that you will use if you don't like it later on. Um, that will be a Zoom class, so anyone can join, even people in L.A. Um, and it'll be on November 16th. Okay, November 16th, 2021. I just did this with Solaris. Yes. Because hers is the 13th. Um, so you're oh, doing okay. the 16th, and if they want to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Uh, the best way for is FetLife um, and uh, Raggedy underscore Ogre. Um, or find the Agape group, um, A-G-A-P-E, with underscores in between. Oh, okay. Either of those. Agape underscore yeah. group. So it's and like, that's no, on it, No, it's, it's actually A underscore G underscore A underscore P underscore E. Oh, okay. So, so instead of periods, because that was taken Oh, by oh, oh, it's not Agape Georgia, group. It's just, it's just agape, agape, but with spaces yeah. in between. Sure. Good job, exactly. Boogie. Way to, way to help them get that accurate information. <laughs> We got it. We got it out there. <laughs> Unger, it was great talking to you, man. And, uh, you too, sir. And uh, we'll get to this again soon. Yay! That is show 335 that we have finished. Thank you so much to Unger and Lady Solaris. Thank you so much for being a part of this magic carpet ride while Kathy is on vacation. I think I'm going to have her write her a letter or something. You know, to give an update because I know I just say, "Oh, Kathy's just handling her stuff." They're like, "Mom went out to get a pack of cigarettes, did she? She's not coming back." So no, no. So I'd rather her say something. Off to call her this week. But thank you so much for sitting in. I think we're still having good conversations. I'm real excited about that. You do have your class coming up once again. If they want to go to that, uh, what's the date on that? It's November thirteenth. I believe it's at. 6 p.m. and you can go to ladysolaris.com. And that is November 13th, 2021. Correct. Yes, 2021. See, because sometimes we we used to pitch stuff and then I'm like, you know, if people are just tuning in for the first time and find this episode five years from now, they're going to be like, I'm going to that fireplay class. <laughs> no, well, you're not. If you, I mean, you can still go to my website and like information will still be there. And if you want a fireplay class, just uh, email me. There you go. Private lessons with Lady Solar is very good. Once again, if you want a Pokemon Go account, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. And also, uh, remember that thing, perverted mailbox, some fucking advice, where our listeners used to email us and ask us questions, and then we would handle that on the air? Well, that hasn't been happening because there's an element of that missing, and that would be you, motherfuckers, not sending emails to pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and asking questions and telling us how great we are or how horrible we are. So, so God damn it, start making typey type with the fingers. Trying to fill shows here, God damn it. But uh, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Headley, our amazing, glorious show sponsor who has just been literally the wind beneath my tea-drinking wings. And all of our Patreon supporters, if you're interested in supporting us, want to give five bucks, if you give a fuck, go to patreon.com slash pervertedpodcast. And to everyone else, thank you just for listening, and we will see you next week for 336. Two minutes twice. Two minutes twice.
You say you wanna make love all night long. Well, babe, I'm gonna fuck you, but your time frame is all wrong. Two minutes twice. That's actually how long it's gonna last. <laughs> Two minutes twice. Is all the time I need to tap your ass. <sighs> Two minutes twice. You say you need more dick time Well, I'm not a freaking factory Don't you know us guys have a period of refractory Two minutes twice I need to recharge my batteries Ha, bitch Two minutes twice Squirt my love goo on your ovaries Yeah Two minutes once Huh. Now go make me a sandwich And I'll sleep While you play with yourself Two minutes once more Hey, let's make this one a blowjob oh, oh, now go away Cause I got some video games to play Two minutes twice Two minutes twice I know you seem unhappy, but I had a really good time And I snuck a couple pictures of me banging you from behind Click two minutes twice A photo increases my street cred Yeah Two minutes twice Go show how great I am to all your friends And maybe they'll wanna fuck me too Two minutes twice Two minutes twice Two minutes twice. Two minutes twice. Two minutes twice. Oh, so nice. Two minutes twice. Nice, 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 nice. Two minutes twice. I'm cool as ice. Two minutes twice.